Welcome to the Vox Community Podcast. Learn more about the Vox Community at voxoc.com. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays in Placentia, California at the El Dorado Performing Arts Center. We got to start this morning with some inspiration. Go ahead, put it up. Put it up there, not that. Right there it is. Right there, behind the back. Let's just see that again. Let's just, one more time. Let's just see that again. Right there. Oh. Oh, that is safe to belong. That is, that is, that's why we started a church. Right there. Rhonda, where are you? There's my Rhonda. All right, Rhonda. Yeah. So Rhonda, stand up. Rhonda. Rhonda's an Oklahoma fan, and I would have, myself, I would have worn Oklahoma gear today, but uh, I don't know if this will fit. Uh, it's a little, this is a size small. Look, your, your eyes are so big. You're like, is that a tent? What is that? Well, that's, that's, I know, I know. It is your favorite number, I heard. So, uh, so just say hello to Rhonda and say so sorry uh, when you see her when you see her later. Now, there is so much happening. Um, did anyone come dressed and ready for some kickball? Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, good. Oh, eye black. Perfect. Okay, there are a few of us. Now, it looks fantastic. Oh, you look so good. You look so, you look 30 years younger. You look, um, hey, welcome. You actually walked into a church service. I, I, I'm, you may be disappointed to hear that, but my name is Mike. I want to welcome you. A couple of things. Um, we have a kickball tournament immediately after this service. Now, a couple of details. All right. First of all, first of all, there's a barbecue before the kickball tournament. All right. So we want to see some puking. So we've got we've got some uh, burgers. We've got some dogs. So even if you're not going to play. Come eat with us. We're going to eat at 1145 over in the fields. There are uh, nice restrooms near the field. So we would just all exit and go over there. Now, we have three different kickball tournament brackets. Guys, over here. This is so important. Okay, listen. This is so important. We have four competitive teams playing for the first ever Vox Cup. And you remember what that looks like, correct? The golden leg and the kickball. All right, so you, your, your team will get its name inscribed on the Vox Cup. Good morning. Good morning. Good, mo- good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so we have four competitive uh, teams playing in a little tournament. We have a toddler league, okay? Open, open even for non-toddlers, but preferably under the age of seven, you know, safe, fun, non-scorekeeping, and then we have two adult non-competitive leagues, or non-competitive teams, all right? So if you're here and you're like, I'm not very athletic, fantastic. We are thrilled that you're here. You are safe uh, to belong as well, and uh, we uh, we have kickball teams just for you, all right? Makes sense. So we're all gonna head out after. You don't have to do this. I mean, it's hot. It's gonna be hot today, but we'll see who's serious. We're going to see who's serious about, about this, all right? Because kickball in 60-degree weather, that's too easy. We're going to do kickball in 90-degree weather, and it's going to be fantastic. 
And pray for Rhonda in her uh, jersey. She may de die of dehydration. Um, also, if you're new to our community, we want to welcome you. And there's a website you need to know, voxoc.com. Um, and there are three ways there you can get in touch with us. You can uh, fill out just an email uh, list and give us your email information. You can fill out like a get to know you thing. We have something coming up in October called the New to Vox Dinner, uh, which is at our house, and it's a dinner, and we'd love to feed you and get to know you there. Uh, and then um, there is a, an email that we want you to know. It's called feedback at voxoc.com, and that's just telling us how your experience was um, and giving us any tips to uh, do things better. And if those tips include not wearing Ohio State jerseys, they will be disregarded uh, entirely. All right? Now, one other thing. Look around. Look around. We have been voted OC's best-looking newest church uh, that meets in a school. And so I just want to congratulate you. And the, we were the only church in the running. And so I um, want to congratulate ourselves. No. We, um, we specifically uh, are targeting people that sit in the back row of church. Okay, you know who you are. And, and some of you actually have been coming forward, which is amazing. This is like the fullest that this section has ever been. I don't even know if I can handle it. Uh, but, but we're to the point now where we've at least got to consider uh, potentially move into a couple of services. Uh, one, uh, be, uh, because our volunteers, if you serve in children's, you miss the service entirely. So having two services allow you to come one and serve one. But secondly, uh, by 15 minutes from now, that entire back will be full. And uh, the back is where the kind of folks we're interested in love to sit. And so we're, we're interested in opening up some more back row seats. And so we're thinking about, and we're not for sure going to do this, but we're thinking about splitting into a 9 and 11. And I just want to take a quick poll. How many of you would go to a 9 o'clock service if we had one? Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Nice. Look at all of you. Fantastic. How many of you would go to 11 o'clock? Obviously the rest, but let me see your hands. All right, so nine predominantly. Look at us, overachieving us. All right, that's fantastic. Um, and then one last thing. Um, I hate checking uh, my Twitter feed on Saturdays because I'm, I'm following the Buckeye game as I'm watching it. Uh, and all of a sudden we've got explode, an explosion in New York. We've got this, you know, another explosive device found. Then you've got like eight people stabbed in a mall in Minnesota. And you're sitting there going, oh my goodness, of course. I mean, it's just nonstop. So I wanted to just take a moment in the midst of all our craziness and pray for this, pray for our country, and, uh, and then we'll dive into the scriptures together, all right? So God, we come before you this morning in full recognition of your beauty and your glory and your majesty, and, and also in recognition of the reality of the darkness of human heart, the human hearts, the darkness that enshrouds our planet. And, and God, um, we ask that in the name of this Jesus that we've come to celebrate, to remember, to worship, that you would be breathing life into your people to make them courageous in these days, to make them peacemakers in these days, to make them uh, lovers of mercy and truth and goodness in these days, that your church would rise up, that you would restrain evil, and, and God, most of all, that you would continue to demonstrate your absolute goodness and your intention to not let uh, evil have the last word over human life. And so we come today to just be reminded of that. 
And we ask your blessing on this time and these people and New York and Minneapolis and uh, all of the places, God, where it seems like darkness is winning. We pray your invasion of grace and love would be apparent in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Uh, we're going to jump into the text uh, this morning. If you're new, we have uh, folks here that, and I love this, that are new to the Bible, new to Jesus, new to the church thing. And uh, we want to let you know there's a way that you can ask uh, questions, uh, because I get lots of questions via email about things that we teach. So this number right here, 714-924-4473. Take that number down if you would, or take a picture of it. And if there's anything that said, where you go, hey, I'd love, what's that mean? What's this? What are you doing with this? Why? I, I'm not, I don't agree with this. I, I, we won't do this real time. We don't have time in the service, but we'll do it next week. So I'll start, I'll begin to start every teaching with responding to some of these questions. If you want to just do various comments uh, on the good looking nature of our community, then I, I would encourage that too. Um, Save your criticism for the email address, andy at voxoc.com. <laughs> but this one, uh, because we've got so many folks that are new to this whole thing, we just wanted to give you an opportunity to say, hey, 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 not sure what that meant or, or what's this mean. And, and we may respond directly or we may respond um, here. Or if the question is so specific that we think you're the only one ever who's asked this question, we may not respond uh, publicly. Uh, we're going to pick the questions that we think will be most relevant to uh, the other folks that are listening as well. All right, sound good? So if you have a Bible, let's go to the book of Exodus. We are, um, we're going to take all fall to look at one verse, and that's John 3.16. So go ahead and put John 3.16 up. And, uh, and this is the most famous verse uh, in the Bible. If you're going to wear eye black, it's the verse you're going to put on it. If you're going to have a sign at a football game, that's the verse you're going to put on it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, last week, we're going to go through this phrase by phrase. And last week, we looked at just the first two words. We're going to look at the first two words again, for God. And if you were here, I just want to remind you that John uses a Greek word that's theos. It's just like our English word God. It's very generic. It's very nonspecific. It just means a deity or deities. I mean, it's not like our English word God can mean so many different things to so many different people. And we were commenting that there is a big difference between a title and a name. So God has many titles. One of them is God, or the Greek word theos. God has many titles, but God has a specific name. And in the book of Exodus, he gives that name to his people. Remember, Moses asks God, uh, if I go to the Israelites to rescue them, and they ask me what your name is, what should I tell them? God says, tell them, I am who I am sent you. And you are to call me, he is. So when God refers to himself, I am, I am real, I am existence and sufficiency, when we refer to God, the covenant name given was the third person form of that, which is just he is. And it was four Hebrew consonants, the tetragrammaton, Yahweh, as we think how it was pronounced. And that was the name that was given, not just a title, but a name. And then we looked at the idea that Yahweh communicates two things at once. 
relationship. Here's a name that you can use and call upon the Lord, but here's also the fact that there's a, a bunch of mystery around that name, right? If you introduce yourself as like, hey, I'm real, nice to meet you, that really doesn't clear, clarify. But there was a second name that was given, and the name Jesus, or Joshua, Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves, the name given to the people who follow this Jesus. And so we meet not just a generic God, but a God who's named Yahweh with his son, Yahshua. And names, like we said last week, are very, very different in the ancient Near East than how names function today. Names function today as just tags, designations, right? My name is Mike, full name Michael. It's not like my parents prayed over me. We want, we, we want our child to live a Michael kind of life, so we're going to name him Michael. There is no inherent Mikeness to me. It's just, I could have been named Bruce for all we know. I mean, you just, there's nothing specific about it. It doesn't tell you much about character uh, or destiny. Biblical names, on the other hand, were considered revelations of someone's essence, uh, revelations of someone's character. They weren't just designations. They were actually, they told you apart of what that person was like or what their parents prayed their destiny of that person would be. And God even renames things when he changes their destiny. I mean, it's, names are a big deal. Because names are a big deal, in Exodus chapter 3, part of the big Ten Commandments, we get a commandment about the name. Exodus chapter 3, and uh, let's see here. We'll go to verse 20. No, 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 no. It's Exodus 20. Duh. Exodus 20. Come on, guys. Focus. So excited about kickball. <laughs> Exodus 3. No, that was last week. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 7. It says this. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And remember, anytime you see L-O-R-D and it's all capitalized... That's the sacred name. That's Yahweh. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Now, I didn't learn it in this translation. I learned it in an older translation that said, do not take the Lord's name in, in vain. Now, we think, go ahead and keep that up. We think that has to do with how you talk. And, and certainly... It, it, it encompasses language. In fact, the Jews of Jesus' day, were told, stopped saying the name altogether. And if it were ever uttered, it was only uttered one day a year, the Day of Atonement, by the high priest who would say the divine name and Israel would kneel in response. I mean, they had such reverence for the name, they stopped saying it. Why? To avoid misusing it. Now, they had all kinds of synonyms for the name. So they would actually refer to God as Hashem, which is just the name. Or anytime you read, I swear by heaven, that's, that's, that's a way of referring to God without saying God's name. And even some Jews today I've interacted with will write, and they'll just put G and then a dash with a D. There's such reverence for the name. And why is there reverence? Well, because one of the Big Ten Commandments was you shall not misuse the name. But! The word misuse here is actually two Hebrew words. I know you're dying to know. Two Hebrew words. One word 
means to take or carry, to saw. And another word, shaw, which means emptiness or nothingness. So the word misuse actually means something like to attach the name to something that's empty. To attach the name to something that's empty. To something that disappoints, the, the, something that contradicts the name it carries, is the idea. All right, so misuse of the name is bigger than just swearing. So let me show you how the name is used in the, in the Old Testament. Go ahead and fire up, I think it's Deuteronomy, whatever the first slide was. Now notice, notice the name part here. Moses says, then to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his what? So God, when God is going to dwell somewhere, one of the ways God describes that is my name will dwell there. Remember, name means, it means the person. It refers to the character of the person. It's, it's a way of talking about not just what you call the person, but the person themselves. So, in the Old Testament, God's name rested, it says, on a what? On a place. Make sense? Yes? Okay. It's going to get more, it's going to get worse. Okay, all right, all right. I'm sorry. Hey, he's been here before. He should know we start. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, well, guess. Man, see? Now, where are they going? Are they going in the front row? No, I told you. We made a church for back row people. Chad, can I go? I mean, am I, am I okay now? Okay, excellent. Now, it's just going to get more complicated. The name can rest over a place is the idea. A place can be tied to the name. Next slide. See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you into the place I've prepared. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion since what? My name is what? In him. So the name can rest over a place. The name can be put in a person. Or go to Micah on the slides all the nations may walk in the name of their gods but we will walk in the what in the name of our lord so the name can rest over a place the name can rest in a person and then the name can be used to describe how a person lives so if you live given over to money you carry the name of money. If you g live given over to God, you carry the name of God. That's the idea. The name can rest on things. That's why when it says, don't attach the name to something empty, it's bigger than just the words that we use. Because the name can be attached to a place, the name can be attached to a person, the name can be attached to a way of life, interestingly enough. Now, 
It won't shock you that when we get to the New Testament, here comes Yahshua. Those that follow him carry his name in the way that the Jews carried the name of Yahweh. So just three examples of that real quick. I think Acts is first. His speech, this is one of the Pharisees, his speech persuaded the other Pharisees. They called the apostles. These were the first missionaries of the Jesus movement. Called the apostles in and had them flogged, and they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus. Now that means to speak about Jesus, to speak of Jesus. And they let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin, this Jewish uh, tribunal, Rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for what? The name. So they carried the name, and how you treated them was how you treated the name of Jesus or Jesus himself. Next slide. Next slide. Dear friend, so this is 3 John. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. Next slide. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the ungodly, those that weren't part of the church. We ought to therefore show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. It was for the sake of the name they went out. They went out carrying the name of this Jesus. Next slide. If you were insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. Why? For the spirit of glory and of God rests where? On you. Now, three examples of Christians carrying the name of this Jesus, correct? In the Old Testament, God says, do not misuse my name. Jesus comes and says, what's the second part of the Lord's Prayer? Remember? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's just the positive way of saying, do not misuse the name. That's just Jesus repeating, but spinning it so that it's positive. So the question becomes, okay, What's that mean to misuse the name? Well, immediately we think it means saying Jesus Christ or God damn it or whatever it is. We think that's what it means to misuse the name. But the misuse of the name is much, much bigger than that. Why? Because the name can be attached to ways of life and can be carried by people. In other words, God in whatever degree, entrusts a bit of his reputation to the people who carry his name. So what's the most empty thing his name can be attached to? Someone who claims it. What's that? Kim Davis. Kim Davis? I wasn't going to go so specific. <laughs> but us, right? The, this warning isn't given to Hollywood to not use Jesus' name as a swear word. This warning is given to the church and to God's people so that they would not carry the name in a way that contradicted the name itself. Now think about the implications of this. If the name can rest on people, not all of us here are followers of Jesus, but for those of us that are, Think about what that means. 
Because we think, I mean, we live in a world where my rights and my name are important, right? I, I build pages on a, a face, a book full of faces that's all about me, right? I have platforms where it's all about my name. Uh, um, um, we, we have Yelp reviews. We have, we, you know, we're massively concerned about our own reputations. In business, right? We put images out there that are only reflect the good parts. No one ever posts on social media, here's where I lost it with my kids last night. You know, here's where I had this ugly argument with my spouse. Here's where I stole some of my roommate's food. No one posts that stuff. We only post the stuff that presents a certain image. So we're people eminently concerned with names. So when the scriptures come in and say, don't misuse the name of God, and we just reduce it to, well, just don't use the name of Jesus in a bad way. Oh, no, it's much bigger than that. I mean, think about, so, so you take the issue of swearing. Is it possible to swear with language inappropriately? Of course. But is it possible to swear with how you live? Absolutely. What, what, what's the number one objection these days to following Jesus? His followers. <laughs> right? Us. And what is the big objection of hypocrisy? You carry a name that then you contradict by the way that you live. Correct? And think about it. So, I'm not a big deal. I mean, I'm a big deal when it comes to jerseys. But I've worked, I've worked in Orange County for, I don't know, 20 years, because um, it's the fashion capital of the world, and here I am. And, and for whatever reason, uh, I've, worked in, um, I've worked in several large churches, and evidently have some distinguishing features, to the point where I have been recognized in the most uncomfortable and inappropriate places that there are in the world. And so, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how graphic I can be here, but I'm at Hogue Hospital with the flu. And I, and, and I mean, I mean, and, and when I'm vomiting, it's, it, my wife has this very quiet. I'm, I mean, it's like, howling and snorting and drooling. It's like, it's like I'm changing into a werewolf. I mean, it's like, it's that bad. And, and I'm just barfing like crazy. And I'm just covered. I mean, it's just awful. Yeah, like you're literally at your worst. Three different people. A candy striper, a scribe, and a paramedic. Hey, Pastor Mike. How are you? Really? <laughs> My little girl and I flew uh, to Florida a um, couple, uh, couple weeks ago. And two people at John Wayne, before we got on the plane, two people on the plane. And my, my girl just keeps counting. And, and it's not because at all, we're just, we've just served in very public places. But here's what I've learned. Like, oh, this is the worst. This was the worst. We're at the most overpriced Disney restaurant experience. <laughs> Ariel's Grotto. And, and you pay $38 for a juice box and a hot dog. Right? What's that? It's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. Yes, it is. And, and, and you pay so much so, so that the princesses will come and just say hello and take a picture and move on. 
I mean, it is the worst. So we're there, and I'm bitter, and, and it, takes, it takes two hours. I kid you not, I timed it. It was two hours for horrible food, horrible service, horrible experience. We paid so much money to get in the park, and now we're here for two hours. Right? I mean, awful. I, I am bitter party of one, right? I mean, it's just, I'm so angry. And our server, you know, just keeps apologizing, apologizing, apologizing. And, and I, I'm so tempted to just go, mm. and, um, and right at the very end, you know what she does. As she hands me the bill, I go to your church. So I spend the next five minutes horrified and replaying the last two hours and how I've been, right? Oh, and then of course I've got to leave her a great tip. Of course I have to now. I'm so mad. So here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. I am never anonymous. I can never assume I'm anonymous. When I'm online, I'm not anonymous. When I'm shopping, I'm not anonymous. I never know. And do you know how beautiful that conviction has become? Because neither are you. You just think you are. You just think it doesn't matter how I treat people online. It doesn't matter how I drive. It doesn't matter. I mean, I remember one, one young lady came up and said, okay, so I've got a problem. I have a, a fish on my car, but I'm a really angry driver. <laughs> I said, well, you've got an easy choice. Do you take the fish off and keep driving the way you're driving, or do you drive like there's a fish on your car? She took the fish off. I was kind of disappointed, <laughs> but... <laughs> Like, like, they're, they're, like to, to, to realize that for those of us who follow Jesus, you carry his name is, is to realize. Do you remember the movie Miracle? Like, I'm not a hockey guy, but, but there was this USA, it's beating the Russians, you know, back in the day. And, and, and um, the coach says this beautiful thing. He says, the name on the front of your jersey, USA, is more important than the name on the back of your jersey, which was your name. Like, this is what it is to hollow the name of Jesus. His name is more important than your name. His name is more important than my name. There is, to, to do this, to live his name well, just means you live with a massive awareness that every part of your life matters. And that you are teaching people what God is like for better or worse, all the time. When people will say words like, yeah, I'm gonna go share my faith. I'm like, too late. You've been doing it with everything you do. What kind of God are you sharing? Angry, judgmental, condemning God? A God who is so small and puny, he can't provide for you? What kind of God are you sharing? If you, if you go to work with a big t-shirt that says, I follow Jesus, and you would act differently than you act, well, then maybe we've got some work to do, right? Now, can this be abused? Of course. Absolutely, this can be manipulated, right? I've seen it in church environments all over the place. Hey, let's, we're not going to embarrass Jesus, so we're not going to acknowledge this conflict. We don't want to embarrass Jesus, so this abuse, we're just going to sweep that under the rug. 
No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. This isn't a call to perfection. It's a call to honesty. Do you see that? The way we testify to the grace of Jesus is by imperfectly working it out. And so we're just honest about our screw-ups. We don't hide. But at the same time, for those of us that are interested in following this Jesus, it makes your whole life spiritual. Because it's not just about your time in the Bible or your time praying. It's about your time driving. Do you realize loving your neighbor, the clearest application of that is how you drive? Those people are closer than your neighbors ever will be, right? I mean, the applications are endless. And the non-Jesus world is waiting for us to take his name seriously. For those of us that bear the name, to actually live it in a manner that's honest and growing, but is attempting to care about his reputation. So this morning, before we moved on to So Loved, I wanted to kind of do a part two. For me, this is immensely challenging. Why? Well, we live in a world that is all about building your name. And so the invitation of Jesus for those that follow him is that he must get bigger and we must get smaller. The, the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. That how you treat servers and how you treat teachers and how you treat the people that pick up your trash and how you treat the people that just do whatever you think is not super important to do. You're sharing your faith. So are you causing people to bless the name of God or curse it? And if you're like me, it's a bit of both. Because I'm immensely screwed up. So, it's enough food for us, I think, to chew on. But if you're like me, there's an invitation there to walk out of here with an awareness that all this matters. All this matters. And it's not, for me, having people, never knowing if people recognize me or not, that's not, that's not to me it's been freeing. It's been liberating to realize, oh yeah, the whole thing is important. There is no such thing as anonymous in God's kingdom. So, let me pray. And then we're going to do some singing about the name, interestingly enough. So God, as someone who desperately wants to make you beautiful, and we know you are beautiful. There's, there's no making you beautiful. But God, I, I don't understand why You've chosen to entrust a bit of your reputation to us. And I just confess uh, the immense number of ways that I fall short of that. But I pray that you'd wake us up to be people who want to represent you well. To our families, to our kids, to the people all around us, whether we know them or not that you may increase and that we would decrease. And in a, in a world that is so obsessed with platform and ego, we might be a people that are refreshingly different. And so God, for that, we pray your grace. And for those who are here who have been deeply hurt by the hypocrisy of the church, deeply hurt by some of us who have carried the name in a manner that misused it.
Lord, I pray as always for the grace to forgive, the grace to open up to the possibility that you're still at work and you're still loving and blessing and being and serving. And uh, and God, in all things we asked that your name might be honored and glorified. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, we have a huge value for, uh, for story and hearing from people that are uh, in process just like the rest of us. So Kayleen, you want to come out? Hope you're back there. Is she back there? Yep. That was the subtle cue. That was the... This is Kayleen. Kayleen, this is everybody. She, she watches your kids a lot. Yeah. Make sure you talk into that. Yeah. Do you sanitize this in between people? Uh, do we sanitize it in between? Of course. <laughs> of course we do. She always like yeah. up in the mic. Yeah, put it up there. All right. You guys ready? <laughs> it's nothing big. Okay, so um, my goal up here, uh, geez, is one to be honest and one to not disrespect anyone in my past, you know, like everyone has a past and everyone was like, I've had a lot of good people feeding into my life my whole life and I just want to honor them um, despite my story. So um, I have awesome parents. Uh, they're really cool. They're funny. They love God a lot. They're like a mentor to anyone under 18. They'll just take you in and, and love on you. They're really cool people. Um, I went to uh, private uh, high school, junior high too, actually. Um, at fourth grade, I told my mom I believed in evolution, and Jesus used it to create the world, and they didn't like that <laughs> at all, but I don't blame them, you know, so, but, so I was homeschooled for a little bit, and then they put me, <laughs> and then they, and then they gave me the option to be homeschooled or go to private school, so I, uh, I took private school, and, um, it took me a little bit to make friends, but, um, it was good, it was great, um, I was really good at being a Christian, um, I was really polite. I, like, loved people. Um, I liked staying out of trouble. Um, I wasn't that interested in sex, so I was good there. Um, I've always had questions. Like, I've always been inquisitive, like, not in a science-y cool way, in, like, a more like a, just a skeptical, like, why do we have to do this and why do we have to do that? But I've always kept it on the down low because my parents taught me to be respectful, so I would kind of ask it in my head and not ask it out loud. Um, so, like, growing up at five, like, I said the prayer and, and meant it and, like, wanted to save souls and wanted to save people from hell, but, like, my whole life I've just had these more questions than answers, and, um, in junior high, in high school, it started to really bother me. It started to bother me that, um, why certain people can go to heaven or, like, why we valued this or, like, um, like, we, why Christians are the only people who had answers and why our truth was the only real truth and... It just started to really bother me. So um, to like kind of like swallow it up, I just started reading the Bible more and praying more and going like on evangelical trips and mission trips. And not to put any of those things down, like I felt like those things really helped me out through my adolescence. Like I, I really loved doing all those things. I loved helping people out. I just felt more and more confused and struggled with self-hate and shame of being such a doubting Christian, like not believing it, like thinking it was 
a little like sketchy. Like I don't like. You're the only one here. Yeah, you know. You are the only one. <laughs> you know, thinking like I don't know, like some of this stuff doesn't make sense. Like I don't understand like why this person isn't worthy. Like I really liked people like Gandhi and like uh, Albert Einstein and Mother Teresa and like I, I like valued those people, so I didn't understand why we didn't value those people. Um, it really bothered me so. Uh, I started reading Plato's Republic and stuff like that, just dabbling in it, but... Um, like, like you do. Yeah. Like you do. Yeah, because I, I convinced myself... I was, up, up. Oh, yeah. um, like I, I uh, was becoming really resentful about how good of a Christian I was and how much praise I was getting for it. Like, I was getting really, really upset about how much people adored me because I was a good Christian because I honestly just wasn't interested in other stuff, you know? Like... Um, I saw that my friends were partying and they weren't any happier than me and, and so I didn't want to do that so I just kind of just behaved, you know, like just kind of did it and um, I went to a Christian university and things really fell apart for me there. Uh, I, um, I'm just so over it, like uh, um, I was trying to check out every religion to find peace, like Buddhism, like all this stuff and I was trying to get myself to become an atheist, but I was too chicken. Like, <laughs> I, I like felt like it was a big commitment, and so, uh, so I, I thought I would be agnostic and just play the card of like relative truth and like stuff. And not to put that stuff down, like I understand why people, like I understand why it's appealing. Like, I just so I was trying to play that card a lot, like trying to tell my friends I wasn't a Christian anymore, and none of them believed me. And I kept going on mission trips, and people kept putting me in charge of youth groups, and I, you know, I knew the Bible really well, so like it worked out. And um, and and I always prayed. Like I didn't know who I was praying to. I just always prayed. It, it was more of like a self-talk thing, like you know, like we can get through this. This breakup won't kill you, like you know, stuff like that. Um, so uh, a series of events happened. Um, not sure which order. Um, I was on this mission trip in San Francisco, and you hang out with the homeless a lot, and, like, I had this nasty cough, and this homeless guy had, like, a used tissue, like, totally gnarly, and gave it to me, like, without even thinking about it, just gave it to me because I had a nasty cough, and it just, like, kind of rocked my world a little bit, I don't know, and then, um, what else happened, uh, I was in the psychology class, and they were talking about this theory called the jackpot theory, and it's this idea of, like, you do something small, and then you get super rewarded for it, so you feel encouraged, and you keep moving, and I just kept, like, meditating on that idea, like, hey, that sounds like grace, like, maybe there's actually a reason why God would give us grace, but I didn't really know what to do with it. Um, some other events happened, I can't uh, remember upstage. Um... <laughs> trying to think anything else you remember you read it yeah it was amazing uh, wonderful uh, <laughs> so at some point when I thought I was totally done with Christians I oh yeah <laughs> I was interested in this guy and um, that's what I'm talking about yeah <laughs> super cool and he like comes up to me and he's like as like an intro question how many mission trips you've been on and I was just like <laughs> Like, I had been on so many, but, like, I felt sick to my stomach, like, when he asked me that, and I'm like, I'm done with Christians. Like, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to date a Christian. Like, done. How and, many missions trips you've been on? Yeah. How many How many chapters yeah. of Proverbs have you memorized? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. At, at that point, a lot. Yeah. 
but hey do you know John 316 for God okay that's what that's I'm talking about, about um so I went to my dorm room and um I'm not sure why like but I decided to pick up the book of Matthew and just read it I remember thinking like if I'm going to close this door on Christianity I just need to close it so <laughs> I started reading Matthew so I go close the door <laughs> and I I just um I was like I read up to like I think chapter 13 and it's it's a bunch of cool stuff like uh the lady who wants to eat crumbs off his table like um people thirsting for righteousness like all this cool stuff that I'm like wow like um they're talking a lot about people who need it not necessarily people who are good at it and um huge and then I got to like 21 and it's this bible story of Jesus having a confrontation with the Pharisees try to make this quick for you uh they ask him a question right yeah and he answers their question with a question always yeah always and they won't answer his so then he didn't answer theirs and like that might be like the lamest bible story you've ever heard but (laughs) like i i couldn't stop crying i was in my dorm room and i couldn't stop crying because why did that hit you yeah why did that hit you because um he didn't like wasn't threatened by other people's ideas or face he didn't feel like he needed to defend himself didn't feel like he needed to put them down he he knew exactly if they were interested in him or they were just interested in making him look dumb and like that was a christian i had never met up in that point i had met really cool christians like really awesome people in my life but um from that point on it was really really hard for me to deny jesus after that like after that story and um like the next couple of years of my life i just kept trying to push them off put off being a christian i don't want to be in a church like push all these things off but i couldn't um i uh my friend ended up well a person found me on myspace and wrote me into a youth group again (laughs) myspace is a very ancient (laughs) form of communication using smoke signals it was super cool you had a top eight it was yeah so they found me, and um, this, this particular youth group, you like go over the Gospels. They just want you talking about Jesus. They want you to get political. And I, so I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over again, and um, I started to get to know Jesus. Like, I'd been a Christian my whole life, and I had never known Jesus. And knowing Jesus is way different than being, or like, you know, putting yourself out there trying to get to know Jesus. And through these kids, these kids who didn't know Jesus, like having a friendship with them, like messing up time and time again and understanding Jesus was like the type of person that um, was just with you in it, like didn't hate on people much. Like I just grew a relationship with Jesus. And people have been talking to me about having a relationship with Jesus my whole life. Tell, kept telling me like religion doesn't save you knowing the bible doesn't save you so i knew that my whole life and that's why i hated myself because i couldn't save me and i couldn't i didn't know how to start a relationship with jesus but one day i did and it changed my life and there's been hard points since then i am i mentioned that when i started special education i got really angry with jesus because like i i saw a lot of things i wasn't comfortable with but like i've seen a lot of hope being in special education i've seen a lot of progress and um, his redemptive work in, in, in kids with special needs. And um, I want to put my life into that. Like, I'm, I'm really committed to that. Um, I've seen uh, Jesus in my marriage with my husband. We've been married for um, 18 months. And uh, a lot of the things that I see in Javi are the things that, that keep me close to Jesus. Just like, Javi just loves every human being where they're at. 
He's super compassionate. He's really humble. Um, and those are the things that keeps me closely tied to Jesus, and they're the things that keep me closely tied to Hobbes. Um, I, I like being here. I, I like you guys. I love everyone I meet. Like, well, not initially, you know. Like, there's, some, <laughs> there's some people that you have to try, but... That's why, that's why she's not on our greeter team. Yeah. That's, um, she's in children's. You know? Not a greeter right so, there. But, no. I mean, seriously, you, you let it go. But um, all this to say, I don't know what to say. That, I don't know, I was not planning on being a bleeding heart Christian when I started questioning everything. But, like... I definitely am like a bleeding heart Jesus lover, and I consider myself a Christian because like I'm, I'm dedicated to like us reaching out to people and and to making the church a place where, that's what we're about. We're about offering human worth to everyone. Everyone has human worth, and Jesus loves you right where you're at. Come on now, come on. Good job. You rock. And I'm out. And I'm out. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jesus is for people who need it, not people who are good at Christianity. Oh, so true. So, um, in, in a nutshell, that's, that's our hope for this community, that we think there is a big difference between Jesus and some expressions of Christianity. And we think there is a difference, that you can miss Jesus right in the middle of Bible study, and you can miss Jesus right in the middle of a church, and you can miss Jesus right in the middle of all the stuff we do, supposedly in his name. So one of the ways we try to keep him center is we take the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, communion, every week. And we do it as people who, some of us, have been in the Christian thing for a long time, and we need to be reminded that this is grace. This is grace. We're not, we're not keeping score. We're, it's grace. It's grace. It's a table where there's no one who's worthy. And for others of us, you know, maybe you've been sensing this God kind of coming after you over and over and over and over, not in a guilt way, not in a shame way, but just in the, the calling of love and the invitation to stop running. And um, no matter where you're at, the table's for you. And so it, it's open, no matter what you call yourself or, or what you did last night. Or, or we, just, we just proclaim that the body of Jesus is broken and the blood of Christ has been shed so that those who are missing the mark, those who fall short, those who are filled with mistakes and regrets and failures and sin can come. And whatever small bit of faith that you bring to the table, Jesus receives. And so for generations, the church has been taking bread, and they take the cup, and they do it as an act of worship. They do it as an act of surrender. They do it as an act of faith. They do it as a first step of faith. Or today, let's do it, for those of us who are Jesus followers, as a job description, that it's not just something Christ does for us, but then it's the invitation to be broken and poured out for the sake of the world in return. So um, we're going to do that. We have people who will pray. Carolyn will be over here. I don't know why you've got a sweater on and why you were covering yourself. Is that the best place to sit? Is that the, is that the vent? Oh, okay. I've just found my new seat. Exactly. Over there, it's just hot. Um, so Carolyn's over here. Who's over here? 
Elaine, and, and then I don't know who's over here, but they're awesome too. Um, and uh, and so these are these are folks that are just here to pray, and because uh, we're huge, huge believers in the power of prayer, and so they're just here to pray and to bless. Um, we also have participation boxes, and those are for people that want to worship through the giving of money. And obviously, that's the, uh, we wish the school district gave this uh, to us for free. Um, they, they give it to us at a great deal, but we are still very reliant on uh, the donations of so many generous folks. And so if you want to participate in that way, that's where you do that. And then lastly, we're going to spend some more time singing. And uh, as you see, there's great freedom to sit, to stand, to do whatever you want to do. Um, but uh, I want to pray, and then we're going to open up our time together uh, to, to sing, to celebrate the Lord's Supper. It's open for you. So, uh, Lord Jesus, we are reminded of the body, and we're reminded of, of your blood, and we're reminded of the bread and the cup and the recognition that for those of us who were raised in this story, um, Lord, none of us have earned this. None of us deserve this. There's a great difference between the public image we project and the recognition of our need for your grace. And Father, for those that's, that feel far away, for those that are convinced they've screwed up too much, for those that have been hurt and wounded by your people, God, or for those that, God, the, for those that are limping up to the table, would you meet them um, with the promise of resurrection and restoration? salvation and rescue. And so we do this in faith, God. We, we recognize um, that you are real, that you are at work, and we recognize, Father, that you've come into our world to receive us as we come, and, Father, to then transform us by the power of your great love. So we bless your name, and we worship you now in, in the name of this Jesus. Amen. We're going to continue our worship. It's true. Everything spiritual. Go out here. Go back that way. There is food. Sign up. Competitive. Non-competitive. Toddler. There's no competitive toddler version. Okay? Say hi to Rhonda and congratulate her on her loss last night. Uh, and then, um, uh, would you stand? We realize we've got some middle-aged folks here. We've got some young folks we got some middle-aged folks, um, and, uh, and, and we want to make sure you're properly stretched out. <laughs> no, I, I mean it. I mean it. We, have, we, have, we had to hire paramedics just to, uh, just to make sure. So um, I want to I put a little something on there. We're just going to do this together, okay? You're going to, look at me, you're going to do it. Here we go. Ready? Okay, stretch it! People really exercise. This, this, is, this led to CrossFit. All right, this is where CrossFit started, right here. This is real. This actually happened in American culture. This was the Crystal Light Aerobic Championships of 1987. We remember? We remember that, right? I don't see anyone doing this. I don't see anybody doing this right here. All right? This, I'm going to let it go for like 10 more seconds. Just uh, just it. Yep. Yes! Did anyone wear their socks that way? Anybody do socks that way? Anybody? Anybody? Yep. Now, listen to the music. Turn the music up. 
right, are we good? Oh boy, all right, well. That was horrific. All right, st stop it. We got to do the blessing after that. I, I don't even know. Oh, got to cleanse our minds. Um, sorry, I found that yesterday. I, I texted Andy, Andy, we got to use, we got to show this. We have to show this. All right. Hide your children. I'm so sorry, sweet girl. You're, um, that was the 80s, guys. That was the 80s. Right there, in a nutshell, that was the 80s. All right. Let's, uh, let's pray, <laughs> and then we'll go. Oh, Lord. Oh. Okay, to you. We'll do the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you, and may he give you peace. Amen, amen. and amen. All right. Thanks for listening to the Vox Community Podcast. Participate in the Vox Community at voxoc.com participate.